0: Oh, the joys of recording remotely. I want to apologize for some of the audio on here, in particular Um, Judy's audio. I really apologize, tried to get it as best as I could, but it was not fixable completely. So apologies on that end, but I still think it's a great show and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our celebration of Black History Month with two episodes this week celebrating comedy. Our first episode, we're going to talk about living single. So, this should be a lot of fun, have two amazing people on. So, before we get into that though, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Of course, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to $9.99 a month. Just click the link in our show notes or head on over to our anchor page and click listener support there. And we also have our Redbubble store. So if you need a new mask, if you need um, a new sweater, a new or I don't think we have sweaters, sorry, but a new um, sweatshirt or new shirt, anything like that, go over there and pick up some merch. And that link will also be um, in the show notes. And of course, 50 percent of whatever we see from listener support and our Redbubble store will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Okay. Okay. So let's get into the show. Have my panel introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture you're into right now. Start with you, Judy.
1: Hi, yeah, my name is Judy, and um, you know, like like lots of people during quarantine, I'm kind of going back to comfort shows. <laughs> um, so I started a rewatch of The Golden Girls, and oh my God, I'm loving it so much. Um, When it was on, whenever I was young, yes, I'm that old, um, I didn't want, you know, there was, there was no streaming back then or anything like that. So if you didn't watch an episode live, you just missed it. So there was a ton of episodes that I had never seen. So I'm really enjoying going back and watching it again. Now that I'm a little closer to the golden age, (laughs) it's so much more relatable. It's so much fun. Um, the only thing is I can't like when, when the ladies in there talk about their ages, some of them would talk about them being not that much older than me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what people thought, you know, a 55 or 60 year old was like in the eighties, but age has, age is different now, I think. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But anyway, it's just so much fun. If, it's got a great fandom. So Aaron, that might be a fun one to do in the future.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking that I should definitely put that on the list to do that one because plus Betty white is like a national treasure that everybody just adores. So yeah. So that would be a good one to do in the future for sure. Definitely. In. <laughs> 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 and Tiffany. Good
2: morning. Hi. Hey, hello. I currently am uh, just finished watching, um, a masterpiece of PBS. I'm back on my PBS kick, uh, a masterpiece production called Miss Scarlet and the Duke. It's about a woman private detective in Victorian England. And of course it comes along with the, uh, the bumps in the road because she is a woman and she's doing something that women are not supposed to do in Victorian England. Uh, so it's fun. Um, it stars Kate, What is her last name? Oh, my goodness. I think her last name is Williams. Um, But she was on Peaky Blinders for for several years. So uh, it's a lot of fun. If you if you like PBS and you like their productions, give it a try.
0: I'm wondering if my mom is already watching that, because that sounds my mom is like PBS, PBS, PBS. When we were little, we had a TV and that only got one station and it was PBS. So that's what we grew up when we were young watching was PBS <laughs> all the time. And that's still like my mom's favorite station. And then I think her second is probably Hallmark. So <laughs> hi, mom. She listens to basically every episode. So, yeah, that's that's good. And mine um is a little bit more depressing. I apologize. The New York Times, um, there or New York, the New Yorker, sorry, excuse me, has their new, their docu-series thing that they're doing on Hulu. And the latest one that's about, um, Britney Spears is really, really good. And I highly recommend it. It'll make you so angry, but it's really good. Um, and I know she recently just won her latest court case, where her conservatorship is changing and going away from her dad, which is awesome. But what's so uh, what's so sad about this is documentary is that you really see how Hollywood treats women and young women and young stars, and the questions she would be asked by both male and female reporters were it was just atrocious, and the way. Other stars got treated like Justin Timberlake, who issued that paint by numbers. His publicist wrote it. Apology recently to her and Janet Jackson is just oh, it's appalling. But I highly recommend it just because if you have ever thought of Britney Spears as I don't know, like looked down at her at all. I think watching that will really change your mind or it should. So, yeah, and that's available
1: on Hulu. Okay, I'm glad so, to hear somebody recommend that. I definitely want yeah, to watch that. My niece really is like good. the biggest Britney super fan you would ever want to meet. And I've seen her gushing about it as well. So that's on my list now. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, it's really,
0: really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Okay, let's get into Living Single. So I want to first, just because in the 90s, 80s and 90s, theme songs were a lot bigger than they are now. In fact, I can't think of a single show and there probably is one, but I can't think of one that has like an actual theme song, not theme music, but theme song right now.
1: Orange is um, black.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. And it's long. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's long. <laughs> yeah, it's one that I loved the first couple of times and then I just kind of went, okay, skipping. <laughs> but a lot of times these shows, especially with sitcoms, the theme song would last, at, sometimes would even be more popular than the show in ways. Um, even if people didn't watch the show, they knew the theme song. So I want to briefly touch on that and your thoughts on the theme song, Judy.
1: Um, well, yeah, I love I love it. And it's it's definitely an earbug. <laughs> Since I started my rewatch, I can't get it out of my head. Um, I loved it. And I've always loved um, Queen Latifah. Uh, when this show was popular, it was actually one of my best friends who introduced me to Queen Latifah. And, um, at the time I was, I was in the army and living, living in the barracks and she and I would, um, you know, we both just became such big with Queen Latifah fans and we'd blast U N I T Y and and <laughs> fly girl and all of her just like lady empowerment songs, uh, I just love her, love her, and it, it's a great song.
0: Yeah, and Tiffany.
2: It's one of my favorite theme songs ever. Um, and like you said, Erin, like they were, theme songs were all about getting you hyped for the show. That was a that was a big thing, and I, I'm sad that it, that it doesn't happen now. Like I don't know why people think that we didn't want theme songs anymore, but I still like them. So <laughs> bring me bring me something catchy. Um, something that I'll remember 30 years down the line, uh, like we do with Golden Girls, like we do with uh, Living Single or, you know, A Different World, and which I know you'll be talking about later on, too. Um, it's uh, not to mention the fact that in the uh, the. The dance in the, <laughs> in the beginning, too. The dance. Yeah, that was um, that was Big Les. I don't know if you all know her, but she's um, an entertainment figure. She was a dancer, a trained dancer. And then she was an entertainment figure. She was a host and presenter and all this other stuff, too. She, she just did a ton of different things in the entertainment world. Um, but it just went so well with it. I don't think that they could have come up with anything better. It just perfectly encapsulated what the show was about, I felt. Um, so I still love it. I still sing along to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there are certain theme songs that you just instantly, you remember the words, the lyrics, um, the opening, like, and I've had this one and Different Worlds stuck in my head for a while now, just because rewatching them, so they're both kind of playing together. But also for me, like, you know, The Family Ties, Theme song, I could instantly sing that for you. <laughs> so that was sort of, it's funny because they're like such a part of your childhood or your preteens or whatever. If you grew up with them, it's like kind of as much of a memory as certain other things you did. And so you just kind of have them in there and it's nice to have. And I think now without having them, it's this weird thing where you, I don't know, I, it feels like you're missing a part of nostalgia in a way. Even though there are some theme songs that are incredibly annoying <laughs> after a while or after the first couple of times, it's still just this nice little comforting, warm thing. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, it's it's a great one. and. Also, just the first opening, the opening, like, the way the title cards are done and everything like that is also great and awesome and fits with
1: that time period. Yeah. Judy, you wanted to add something? Uh, just to, to add on to what you said, I think this one perfectly sets the tone. Like, you know mm-hmm. exactly what you're going to get. The colors, the dance, the the whole feel, the dancing in front of the the river there in New York City, like, it just gives you – it, it perfectly sets the tone to it to what the Mm -hmm. what's coming yeah yeah I totally totally agree
0: okay so let's turn our attention to the actual heart of the show the characters and let's touch first on Queen Latifah's character Khadijah so what are your thoughts on her Judy
1: so first of all I just I love Khadijah so much she's so smart and like determined and just cool right she's just really cool um, I love that. Like she started her own magazine in her twenties. Who does that? That's just amazing. And also the way that it wasn't easy. You know what I mean? Like she's constantly struggling with keeping the thing alive, which is kind of uh, realistic to to a startup, and it's not easy. Um, to do so. So just to see that that she did that is just absolutely incredible. Um there were things that I connected with, with this character, uh, because when the show was popular, I was around her same age. I was single. Um, I was living away from family cause I was, I think I mentioned I was in the army at the time. Um, so you're living in close quarters with a bunch of other single people cause I was in the barracks and, um, I was actually one of only two white people in the barracks. Um, so, the way that the way that uh, the military in in Germany, I was stationed in Germany, the way that they did TV, you basically had one channel. So we didn't have options each night to go, OK, am I going to watch ABC or CBS or NBC? It was like you tune into AFN and what's on, that's what you watch. So the army kind of took like the, the best of the best and put together uh, nights of TV. And the night that Living Single was on um, – it was kind of our musty TV. It was really cool because they had um, Living Single, Martin, uh, Mr. Cooper, I forget the name of that, that one, but like all of these great shows um, were on at the same time. And, you know, I don't know if it's like politically correct or not, but they kind of put all these great black shows on together. And so for us in in the barracks, it was our musty TV night. Like we would get together in somebody's room, and we would just watch these and love it. It was just such a such a cool, um, immersion experience into a culture that honestly I hadn't grown up with. I grew up in a very white suburb, and when I was in the army, all my best friends um, were people of color, and um, it was it was just really great being immersed into a culture that was new and somewhat different from mine. And I, I, I loved it. I felt I really embraced it. Um, but uh, oh anyway, getting back to queen, uh, queen Latifah and Khadija's character. One of the things that I really loved about her was that she also had this sort of um, her style could be, you know, in one episode or in the same episode, she might be wearing a a basketball or a hockey jersey, playing basketball, then dressed up in a gorgeous evening gown and then professional clothes for work. And I love that she wasn't a stereotype of any one thing. She was just such a broad character that had so many flavors. Yeah, I just love her. She's, She's definitely a favorite of mine. And you bring up a good point
0: too, though, is that in the 90s, It was sort of a time when you would see a lot more shows that were or at least several shows that were um, that were focused on black families, black friends, um, a a lot more of that than you did before that. And that kind of that dissipated, of course, sadly. But you did see a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And Tiffany, your thoughts on Khadijah?
2: I I, and I appreciate everything Judy said about that, because um, it wasn't a glamorized viewpoint of life for 20 somethings in New York. You had and that's and I should probably wait to touch on this later on, but I'm going to touch on it now. You know, Living Single came out the year before Friends did. Right. And it was, um, and obviously, Friends is a ripoff of Living Single. Well, let's let's call a spade a spade. And I always appreciated how realistic Living Single portrayed life in the city because. Um, Number one, they're living in, they're definitely living in Brooklyn. They're not living in like Manhattan or anything like that. You can tell that they're living in Brooklyn because they're in a brownstone and you've got three women sharing an apartment. (laughs) That's, that's pretty, now it's a huge apartment. Granted for New York, it's a giant apartment. Um, But even, even Kyle and Overton and Kyle is a, you know, a very well paid, looks like, you know, like a, a stockbroker um working on might not work on Wall Street, but he's definitely has his hand somewhere in wall street <laughs> and um and he's sharing an apartment you know and he's got he's got a roommate and I felt i love how normal that was and how normalized it seemed um as opposed to something like sex in the city where come on now she writes like one article per month, and she's supposed to have that. <laughs> apartment in Manhattan. Yeah, right. Um can
1: afford all those shoes.
2: <laughs> exactly. Can can afford the Louis Vuitton? No, come on now. Um but it, as for Khadijah, yeah, I loved she was passionate about flavor. She was um she was passionate about getting stories that reflected her and um her daily life to the masses. Um, I would think that if we were still seeing living single on today, it would be, you know, like a digital imprint and she would have, um, she would have rolled with the punches. And I know we don't see a lot of, uh, a lot of magazines have folded, but I think flavor would have weathered the storm and and she would have found a way to keep it, to keep it fresh and to, to keep it relevant. Regine would probably be doing something, (laughs) something in terms of like, you know, their their fashion design or something like that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I loved that she was such a well-rounded individual. She was really well-rounded. She was a businesswoman. She was a really great friend. She was really supportive to um, to Max and to at at times Sinclair. (laughs) Not all the time, but at times. Um, and then, you know, I love the fact that she was never. Yeah, you have to remember this was the early '90s. You know, early to mid '90s, and there was a certain look that actors had, that actresses had, on television and in film too. And remember, they were look. They a lot of them looked like bobbleheads, very skinny, very giant domes and that was the look that people wanted that was the people and here you have queen latifa who is the total opposite of that but it was never a punchline it was never um her her size was never used as a um as the butt of a joke she was she was shown as being a sexy and desired woman and she I mean, she had a ton of boyfriends. <laughs> Khadija always had a, always kept the man on her arm, <laughs> which I love to see. I did. I loved seeing that for her. Um, It's it's one of the most well-rounded and well-written characters, I think, that I've ever seen in the sitcom. I, I'll end with that.
1: Judy, you wanted to add something? Yeah, Um, not just Queen Latifah, but. I keep calling her Queen Latifah instead of Katisha, but um, (laughs) the whole show really showed us such a variety because Sinclair was a little plus size too, you know, and Regine was uh, shorter and curvy. Max was dark skinned. Um, Kyle had natural hair. There was a whole episode about it that I loved. Um, It just showed such a variety that we you just never see anywhere and it all of that all of it was shown in a positive light they were all considered attractive for all of their variety and i just that's such a fantastic thing that you know friends did not copy well
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah friends went the opposite where every single actress on there lost weight during the whole run of the series yeah they went they went the opposite but yeah i agree yeah i was going to Touch on that, too. Yeah, it was so nice to see real women's bodies on TV because you didn't see that. And sadly, it wasn't a trend that lasted or anything. It didn't catch on. You didn't see it at others. And it's a lot harder to see that now. Um, But yeah, and especially that it wasn't the butt of the joke. I think that's so important because we've we've talked about the Mindy Project on here before. It's it's one of our most popular episodes ever. And while I loved that show for a while, the problem with that show was Mindy's weight was always the butt of the joke. And it continued on throughout the show. And it becomes this thing where you're like, that's not funny. That's not funny anymore. You're not looking at this person like a whole human being. Um, You're not looking at them as beautiful and sexy and desirable even though they might not be a stick figure. I mean, you know, it's just it's it's really toxic, number one. And um, it's harmful. It feeds into a lot of the body shaming in our society. So it was so nice to see that and to never once have it be where you didn't see you didn't see any of the characters seem like they were insecure about their body. Um. And they loved you know showing it too. It wasn't always covered up. They weren't in like, you know, moo moos or anything like that, you know. It was like, yes, we're gonna show how beautiful these women are, all of them. Um, and so it was so nice to see that. And yeah, I, I love Khadija. I thought she was such a great, great character, um, so many dimensions. Um, and you know, I think in lesser hands, um, She would have just come off as the strong willed woman who had no other depth behind her. And she just always had strength and never showed emotion and was just, you know, just hardened. I think they I think in the lesser writers hands, that's how she would have been written. But she wasn't like that. She was passionate. She was an artist. I mean, creating magazine, that's an art form. So that's what she was. And she was passionate about that. And I agree, Tiffany. I think she. I think it would have continued on, been a digital, say digital copy. They would have had probably a YouTube station. Um, They would have become like Instagram stars and all that stuff because this was her passion and she was going to adapt no matter what it took. And she was going to be successful no matter what it took because she loved it. But they were also realistic about that and realistic that it wasn't going to be like she was going to be making millions of dollars overnight or anything. Which is another thing that a lesser show would have done too. So it was a realistic goal for people to look at and say, okay, maybe I can do that. Maybe it's okay to follow my dreams and my passions, and it won't be easy, but I can do that. So that was another reason I appreciated her. And yeah, I agree, Judy, when you said the different clothing that you would see her in. So it was like they're not just going to stereotype and just be like, okay, she's going to be just in jerseys and just in this and that and it'd be like, yes, we're also going to wear dresses. And yes, I'm also going to show off my, cause she's beautiful. Queen Latifah is so gorgeous. (laughs) She's just absolutely gorgeous. Like I think of uh, last holiday and some of the dresses they put her in in that movie. Oh my God. But yeah, yeah. It was so refreshing to see a character like that on TV and to see a character that you could really relate to and seemed more real. And yeah, it was more realistic where they lived. I mean, it still was big, but it was, more realistic than the apartments you would normally see in shows set in New York. Um, and Tiffany, you wanted to add something?
2: I just re- recalled how um, the collection of uh, HBCU sweatshirts that and jerseys that that Khadijah wore in that like it inspired my whole sixth and seventh grade look. <laughs> <laughs> like I always, I had a ton of HBCU. Uh, sweatshirts and hoodies because of that. Um, I was like, oh, what she wearing this time? I have to go find one. <laughs> I have to go find a similar one. So she told, she totally informed my um, my fashion sense at, at 12 and 13. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to Sinclair. So, what are your thoughts on Sinclair, Judy?
1: I don't have quite as many thoughts on Sinclair. Don't worry. <laughs> um. Oh, she's such a fun character, though. She's just so sweet. Um, She isn't my favorite um, because that just because that trope of that character, the dits, the you know, that's just never been my favorite. It's never been the the one that I relate to the most. Um, However, I do feel like through the seasons, they brought into her and gave her more depth. And. um, You know, instead of that, instead of just being a ditz, she had sort of a folksy wisdom to her. Um, and I like what they did with her relationship with Obi and that it didn't, um, it didn't distract from the rest of the show. And it showed a different type of relationship, right? Like some of the other girls um, were kind of, they all had a, had different things that they looked for in somebody. Khadija wanted somebody who stimulated her mind, who made her laugh, who, you know, was definitely an an intellectual connection. Um, You know, Regine wanted uh, the class and the money and all that. Um, But Sinclair just had this genuine, sweet love. And the fact that she had, she took control of her own, um, sexuality and decided when having sex was appropriate for her when she wanted to when she wasn't going to be pressured into it she took her time so that other viewpoint of of um, sexuality and and it's just another way of taking control of it was was a nice thing to see yeah i agree tiffany
2: i do like the fact that And I totally agree with Judy. Um, Sinclair was not my favorite. If I go through the cast of characters and, and just kind of rank them top to bottom, Sinclair usually comes out at the bottom simply because I think in those first, maybe season or two, she really, there was not a whole lot of depth to, um, to what she was giving. But I think once she found her niche as an actor and once she found her niche like as someone who is totally devoted to to Obi um then you see a stronger more well-rounded character come out she's not just the dits although of course she still has her ditsy moments but um she's not just the dits uh <laughs> one of my favorite ones was her trying to decide if she was going to do the nude scene, on, <laughs> the play. <laughs> and then she decides, okay, she's, she's going to do it. <laughs> and it's it's the quickest thing ever. She's running out and run, runs on stage and runs off stage. <laughs> but she took agency and um, it was her decision and hers alone to make it. And I don't think Sinclair in like the first season would have been able to do that whereas Sinclair in like I think that was season three or four she was able to do it at that point in time so there was some I think there was some depth added to the character as the seasons um, went on but like I said um, it, it she's one of those take it or leave it characters for me overall
0: I guess I like her more than the other two people <laughs> Um, I, I like her because I don't think she's the typical ditz that you see in shows like this. She's, um, yeah, she still remains, some of that ditziness remains throughout the, the series, but I think she has this, um, genuine sweetness to her. Like, she's just a, she's a genuine character. Um, everything she says, she means, um, and I like the fact that as far as with her sexuality and owning her sexuality, I think, again, with a stereotype of that, of the Dits character, they wouldn't have given her that agency. Usually a character like that wouldn't be given agency. She would be someone who it would be a joke about the fact that she either was really sexual or didn't understand sex or didn't understand her body. And I like the fact that that wasn't that way with her. Um, And I loved her in um, the episode when she when she gets the part of the waitress in the Robert De Niro movie. And just her whole reaction to that and the way she is in that whole episode. It's just so funny and sweet and endearing and awesome. And the fact that she's not sitting there thinking, I'm just going to be a waitress. She's like, I'm going to be a waitress in a Robert De Niro movie. How awesome is that? And how much she embraces that is so sweet and cool. And as far as dress goes, I loved the way she dressed the most out of anyone. I will say I like want her dresses so badly. Um, but I, I I, just she just really was endearing to me. And I loved her with Obia. That was probably my favorite. Well, no, actually, it wasn't my favorite ship in the show, but one of them for sure. And they were just so sweet together and fit together really well. And I think they instead of sometimes where you will get couples together on a show and then it'll be like that's all they're about is being a couple. I think they helped each other grow in a lot of ways. So, yeah, so I I like her a lot. Okay, so let's talk about Max. What are your thoughts on Max, Judy?
1: Um, before I talk about Max, Erin, I'm wondering if the reason that you um, connect with uh, Sinclair so much is that you too are an actress. Right?
0: Oh, that 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 could be. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> One of those subconscious things. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You see yeah, that's that so the be. same struggles. Yeah. That could be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so next to Khadijah, Max is my favorite. I love Max. Um I love her fierce, independent. She's just crazy smart and her wit, oh, her wit is just amazing. Um, she just gets the best, the funniest lines. Um, and, you know, she's obviously got the best uh, metabolism in the world. <laughs> like, I want her metabolism or her, you know, worm or something. <laughs> she, I she's one of those characters you want, I want to know more about because there is something going on there, right? Her just, she has such an intense objection to any kind of intimacy and this total fear of, of showing love. Um, It's fascinating and kind of profoundly sad. Um, You know, she loves her friends and she loves Kyle and, but for some reason she's, terrified to show that vulnerability um so to me that gives her like these interesting layers of complexity um that some of the other characters don't quite have that um fascination um yeah it's she's one of those things like i said i just want to know more like what what happened to you sweetheart (laughs) you know why why (laughs) um but the one thing that kind of uh did bother me about that about her is that they made her out to be as the seasons went on cheap um but we see early on she's not cheap like she supported Katja, she gave her money when she needed it and i think it was season one um so i, I think they almost kind of tried to uh i don't know stereotype or caricature uh, caricaturize her, um, with the cheapness. So that kind of felt out of character for her, for me. Um, you know, and I guess they kind of built off that eating your neighbor's food is cheap. Um, but to me, I interpreted the eating your neighbor's food more as an excuse to connect with people. Um, you know, she lived alone. Um, so, and she was, a almost afraid to come right out and say, I love you. I need you. I care about you. So an excuse is I'm going to come eat your food. Um, So, and maybe I'm reading into (laughs) giving her more depth than the writers did, but that's kind of the way I felt about it. Um, But one of the other really interesting things to me about Max, and I think if that, if this show was written today, it would probably be treated different, but I felt like she was extremely queer-coded. Um, her clothing, her kind of gender-neutral name, uh, you know, she's got this nickname of the Maverick. Um, you know, she's got that stereotypical man-hating jokes and, and really her just complete inability to connect emotionally with men. Um, in fact, there's even an episode where she's mistaken from a man <laughs> um, at a gay bar um, and you know in the in the one episode her her best friend from college, a roommate from college had was in love with her because not because but and, and says that she kind of questioned as well she never really knew at first if Max was straight or not. So I don't know. That's just a really fascinating, interesting layer to Max's character um, that I loved. And in fact, when in that episode, when her friend comes out to her, I almost felt like, oh, my God, is Max. uh, Are they going to let her come out? Um, You know, could that be an impetus to her? But of course they they didn't. Um, But I felt like it would have, you know. Had this played today, it would have been a really fascinating um, storyline and an interesting way to show a character like realizing their own um, sexuality. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and Tiffany. Max
2: is definitely one of my favorites um, because like Judy said she has the world's most Indomitable <laughs> metabolisms I've ever seen because she eats 24/7 and she never gains weight. <laughs> uh, there was one I don't know if you remember the episode where she finds out she's allergic to chocolate and she keeps on eating it. <laughs> she's like it's worth it, it's worth it. She's shoving the chocolate in her mouth while she's sneezing. Hilarious. Um, she's such an interesting character study because she's she's very strong she's very strong willed and uh but i think she has she does have this soft spot she has a soft side um for her friends she's fiercely fiercely protective of them um especially khadijah you know like you said judy you know she did she was an investor in flavor um so she definitely wasn't cheap At first, she, you know, she wasn't, like, miserly with her money. She spent her money. And clearly her wardrobe was extensive, so she was definitely spending money. Um, I do think that her always being over there and eating, I think it's because Max didn't have the time and can't cook. (laughs) She's just one of those people who's like, okay, you know what? Regine can cook. Because Regine was a good cook. I don't know if you all remember. She was a really good cook. So... Max is like, I'm going to come and eat your food because your food tastes a lot better than what I can get uh, or what I can make for myself. Um, I do agree with you, Judy, as well, that I think uh, today's character would probably be... I mean, it will probably be at least queer adjacent, you know? Definitely curious about some things, maybe not fully aware of the curiosity but it definitely would have been a little bit more um a little bit more prevalent than how they portrayed it back in the 90s uh and that episode with her in the, the gay bar is hilarious <laughs> she's like I can't even see your I can't even see your who does your work I can't even see your mustache <laughs> so funny so funny classic lines <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I second basically everything both of you have said about Max. Um, I do, I really, really do like that character a lot. And I'm, I'm wondering if some of the cheapness or portraying her as cheapness came about because it seemed to kind of steadily grow after she lost her job, after she was let go. So I'm wondering if maybe part of that was her fear of losing things, because I think that's a lot of who she was, is she was very afraid of losing her power in any way. And I think that's why she was always afraid of love and falling in love and being vulnerable because she didn't want to lose control and didn't want to lose that power that she had. And so I'm wondering if maybe that was part of it is she lost in her mind, she lost a little bit of her power. And so maybe she was worried that she would lose more of it if she wasn't more careful with her money. So that could be part of it. Um, I do. I I do agree. It would be nice to know a little bit more of her her backstory, a little bit more of where those walls came from, why she has those walls built up. Um, But then you would see her have these moments like when she is going to (laughs) cook, when she comes into the kitchen and she's like, I am going to cook a meal for I think it was right after Kyle like accidentally saved her from the robber because he stormed into the store, you know, and and saved her from from the robber. And she was just like, it was one of those worst times you saw her really treat Kyle differently than she ever did before. <laughs> um, And her going into the kitchen and saying she's going to cook for him. And it was just this kind of different side to her. So you knew there was this vulnerability way down there uh, that every once in a while would come out. Um, And yeah, she was fiercely loyal, fiercely loyal to everybody that she really cared about. Even if she got angry at you or called you on stuff, she still loved you no matter what. It was like, she will do anything for her friends, anything for the people she cares about and loves. Um, And I think that's, what makes her such a great friend, such a great person, such a great character is she's not someone that even though she's a little bit closed off, she's not someone that's closed off to actually being a friend to somebody and opening up that door a little bit. Um, but and yeah, that metabolism, I mean, they even mention it like <laughs> it's, it is pretty incredible. I, and I've known people that have metabolisms like that, too, where they can just eat whatever they want. They don't exercise and they don't gain any weight. And I
1: hate those people. <laughs> Not the really. poor but... actress, though. Oh, my God. That's true. You know, actress is <laughs> trying to keep their weight down. She must have been like, she must have just kept a spit bucket next to her all the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Unless she really has that metabolism in real life. <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, maybe she does, but. Yeah, yeah, that probably was pretty hard. That's true. That's a good point. And didn't even think about that. But well, and even if she did have that metabolism, it, I think when you have to do a ta- if you she had to do several takes of things, having to eat the food over and over again, I'm sure there's food that now that actress just can't even look at without <laughs> wanting to puke or something. I know that happens with some people. But yeah, yeah, she was. She's definitely, I would say. Right up there. Yeah, I would say right up there for being a favorite character in the whole show. So yeah. so let's you know, turn to
1: that they actually weren't going to keep her. They they were thinking oh, about really? getting rid of the character of Max. I'm like, why? <laughs> she became a favorite. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that happens sometimes where they have a character in a show and then they end up becoming a favorite, even though they were like, we're just going to have him there for a couple of episodes. But yeah. OK, let's move on to Regine. What are your thoughts on Regine, Judy?
1: Um, well, I love Kim Fields. So and she just played her so much fun. And um when she laughed, I laughed. Like her laugh was just the most infectious thing on that show. I loved it, loved it to death. Um and one of the things, speaking of her laugh, one of the things that I loved about the show as a whole, not just her, but I love the way they all the characters interacted with each other in such a such playful ways it felt very familiar that's the way my friends and i did you know it was that whole busting balls kind of culture you know we would sit around and tease each other and joke with each other and it was all very good natured it was never malicious and we all laughed at each other's jokes and our own jokes at everybody else's um expense but again very good nature and it just felt it felt like watching me and my group of friends like that's how we interacted we were constantly teasing each other and joking around with each other and stuff so i i just i just loved it because i don't remember ever seeing that on another show usually when other shows show um groups of people like teasing each other it's it's a little more malicious is too strong of a word but a yeah uh, a a little more hurtful um a little bit more of a dig um where with these group of friends they all they all got it you know what i mean they they got the joke and they loved joking with each other um and again, it just came up as so authentic and something I don't know if I've ever seen another show recreate um but anyway, kind of back to Regine. Um, I love that she um, she grew up in the hood, um, but she took that sensibility and that sense of um, that kind of style and uh, twisted it into her own just really kind of cool, unique, classy sensibility and sense of style and. Um, and oh, my God, I loved her wigs. Like every episode, I just couldn't wait to see what she what else she was going to do <laughs> with her hair. Um, uh, yeah, I I, I love that she was completely comfortable owning her sexuality um, and her own attractiveness. Um, she wasn't she knew she was beautiful. Um, she knew how to use that beauty as a tool to get what she wanted. Um, And it was never really played off as a, as a bad thing. I mean, it's just another tool in your toolbox, right? You know, I've got this uh, sense of style and I've got whatever, you know, and, and one of the things that I have is my, my beauty and I'm going to use that to get what I, what I want. So that was kind of an interesting, and she was never really um, put down, by that from her friends. Her friends are like, oh, well, that's what she wants. That's what she's doing. You yeah, know, Good for her. Um, but she also grew through the seasons. Um, so, you know, if they had just kept her as nothing but shallow, you could have really gotten tired of the character. Um, but she grew through the seasons, you know, like that one time when she was dating a father and the son and you think totally, she's going to pick, you know, the young, handsome son. And she picks the father who, um, you know, is more intellectually stimulating to her. Um, and then there was the, uh, you know, when she rejects the one guy that she was dating, um, the, the big guy, I, I I can't remember his name, but he was on the, the heavy side and um, she, he was rich. But she knew that he made a better friend than he did a life partner, husband, whatever. And so she chose to stay friends. And I, I think that showed a you know, some character growth and, and some depth. Um I did dislike her end. It was weirdly abrupt and she wasn't in the last couple episodes, and it was just kind of like, wait, where'd you go? So I don't know what happened there. I, I felt like the end of the last season kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed Regine and uh, her humor.
0: And your thoughts, Tiffany?
1: I think I can, uh,
2: well, uh, the speculation for the, her abrupt end, Judy, was that she, Kim Fields, was getting married in real life and wanted to you know, have time off to do that and not, you know, shoot in L.A. And because I think she was living in Atlanta at the time. She was living back east at the time. So she didn't want to have to come back and go back and forth. So that's really why she wasn't in that last season at all, really. <laughs> I mean, remember they brought in the other guy, <laughs> that dude. And um, so that, that was the reason for that. Uh, her, her own real life um, took precedent. Over her TV life, but anyway, um, Regine, 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 love
0: Regine.
2: <laughs> she she is so you know I mean from everything um, from her saying toodles, you know the way she says it, toodles. <laughs> it's uh it, it's so like dismissive <laughs> but classy at the same time. <laughs> And she did, she did know exactly what she wanted. She knew knew what she wanted in a man. um, And she wasn't afraid to like go after, actively go after it. But um, it never felt like, I never felt like she was a gold digger though. Like that never, I didn't feel like there was uh, this malicious intent for her to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. She was like, this is me. Take it, leave it do whatever, but this is who I am. And I think the writers really balanced her well with that and in, in how she was as one really, really great um, storyline. I think for her, and this coincided with Kim Fields actually getting her breast reduction surgery was when Regine had her breast reduction surgery and, and the complicated feelings that came up with that. Ooh. How she didn't no longer felt desirable. How she no longer felt womanly, and and Kyle being that rock to uh, to lean on her, to have her lean on, and to um, and to boost her self confidence back up. Um, that I thought was a really really well written episode. Um, it's one of those ones where I think it gives you just see a lot of uh, different layers, you see how talented an actress Kim Fields is, uh, because. She was really, she played sadness really, really well because that wasn't that wasn't an um, an emotion that you saw a lot of times in conjunction with Regine, but she did it really, really well for that storyline. Uh, she is a she's a fave. She's a fave. I will always. I mean, she's got so many catchphrases, so many wigs. Oh my goodness, so many wigs. So much, so much style, so much joie de. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you know, one thing I really appreciated about this character is they never slut shamed her or anything or turned it into that because, like you said, Tiffany, I don't think she was a gold digger at all. And I think they very easily could have made her out to be that. Um, But she wasn't that character. And um, I agree. I love Kim Fields. I used to, of course, watch The Facts of Life. So it was nice to see her um, be given the opportunity to play a character so different than the character that she had become synonymous with. Um, It was very nice to see her branch out and you could see her range as an actress uh, in this character and in this show. And um, she was a character that I will be honest, I wasn't as big of a fan of her when the show first started. She really grew on me. Um, And I grew to really love her and you saw different sides of her. I think uh, even in the episode where she she when she moves out, when she leaves um, and she gets her own place and she keeps hyping up that she's living in this great, wonderful place. And then you see where she's really living and all the locks she has on the door and all that stuff. And it's it's just and then the party that she has and she tries to still be you know, like, no, 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 I'm not living in in a dangerous place. I'm not living in a rundown apartment. I'm living in a great place and trying to make it seem better than it is. And I think sh- that character did that a lot was sometimes she would want to put um, nice touches on things, even if they weren't as beautiful or amazing as they were before. Um, and even though she comes off as very, very secure, and I think she is very secure in her sexuality and her body and her womanhood and, And what she wants in life, there is also that insecurity in her um, that you can see come forward sometimes. And I think especially with Max, you would see it even more with Max, I think, than any of the other characters on the show. And I I'm not positive what that was about, but there seemed to be a little bit of insecurity there. And maybe it was just me seeing that. But I always kind of found that interesting. Their, Their dynamic, very interesting. And I, I, she, like I said, she's a character that grew on me. And yeah, it's, she did have an abrupt ending, but it's interesting to hear the behind the scenes of why that happened. (laughs) I still wish they could have figured out a way to give her a better ending though, you know, just a nicer ending uh, than she got because she deserved to have a great ending, you know, I mean, they all did. So yeah, that, that would have been, would have been nice to see, see more of that, more of her, I mean, or a better ending for her. Um, Instead of standing there scratching your head going, what in the world just happened here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to the guys. And we're going to basically just touch on two of the male characters in here, just because they were around from the beginning. Uh, let's talk about Obi. What are your thoughts on Obi, Judy?
1: Um, he was just such a sweetheart. He just had such a deep and authentic and and precious love for Sinclair and he was so supportive of her. And I love that there was just, there was no double speak, no no ulterior motives. He was just who he was. He was a handyman and absolutely okay with it. You know, proud of his career, even though that's something that some people kind of look down upon Um, and nobody ever did. You know, nobody ever was like, oh, you're just a handyman. Um, they kind of honored his love for tools. <laughs> um, you know, and I loved seeing him stand by Sinclair and that, as Tiffany mentioned the episode where she did that nude scene, you know, at first he was like, wait, I don't want my girlfriend to be nude on stage. But then he put his own self and his own insecurities on the back burner to support her and what she wanted and her career. And that was just really lovely to see. Um, yeah. I, I just, I got, I love him for it, <laughs> for that. Um, the only negative thing I could say about him is I was furious with his betrayal of Max in the end. When, um, when he told Kyle, about her pregnancy and the assumption that the baby was his, that was not his place, not his business. Um, So out of character. It was just gross. It was really a terrible thing to have done. And I don't know why they made that decision, but um, um, I really, I really loved him. Yeah. Tiffany.
2: He was so sweet. Um overall, just a really sweet I, I think people would sometimes say you know, kind of simple <laughs> character, but but Overton was actually pretty smart, pretty savvy. Um, he found a because I can't imagine that he and Kyle weren't getting uh, probably something off of the rent because he was a handyman for the building. so, he's living he's living in 2013 (laughs) so he knew um that's something smart just keep your keep your ducats in your pocket um but he was he was really sweet that him pining for Sinclair was was just so so kind um and when they finally got together finally it was uh it was really cute although the show took off in a different direction when they did get together and then obviously they are a married couple living together. And then that was a little bit different. You know, I think it threw off kind of the dynamic of it um, for the later seasons, but you're right, Judy. I had forgotten that he did that about Max's pregnancy. That, (laughs) That was so foul, so wrong such such a such a total betrayal of her trust and um because I mean she absolutely adamantly did not want him to know and uh, yeah that's all I can say
0: yeah I was just watching that episode yesterday and I was like no what in the, I mean that was just that's like one of the worst things you can do That is such a private, private thing, and that is not your business to share. And I agree, Judy. It was kind of out of character, and it was almost like it was written just to cause drama instead of written with the characters in mind. And it was just – it was so cruel. And that's like the only thing I can think of really that he has ever done in the show that I didn't like because he's so sweet. I mean, he is – He's someone that you really, really wish you could find or want to find. Um, And the way he genuinely cares for Sinclair, and it's not this like lusting after her thing. It's this genuine like, oh, my gosh, I just really appreciate this woman. And he never looked down on her, never thought of her as ditzy or stupid or anything like that. He just truly respected her. And it was so, so nice to see. Did you have something you wanted to add, Judy?
1: Uh, you know, I had a couple things to say about the end, but maybe we could uh, – I don't know if okay. we want to talk about it now or just talk about the end because uh, I felt – well, sure, why not? We'll talk about it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, it. um, yeah, the whole end of of the show felt weirdly out of character and abrupt for lots of characters, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they – weren't expecting it to end when it did or you know lost writers to their next thing but it was it was obviously a shorter season Regine was gone uh, so i i don't know it just kind of felt like they were like uh what can we do here let's do this 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 and this call it a day goodbye it just uh, so many of the characters storylines ended weird for them and out of character for them and it just yeah, it's sad because it all felt very rushed and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany.
2: There is on no planet in the universe would Khadijah just pick up and leave with Scooter. She just would not. There's just no way she might take a vacation, but she's not just going to pick up and and leave after he's been gone. Remember, he was gone for a while. And then he just breezes back into town and then she's like, "Okay, well, I'm just abandoning my magazine for a whirlwind trip with him.
1: Yeah. Abandoned your life dream for the dude that ghosted you. What? (laughs) He ghosted.
2: He did. He totally ghosted her. And it it, was not. Yeah. No, that I totally agree. That was a um, that ending was was not good. It was not good. They could have done better. A lot better.
0: Yeah, it always really, really pisses me off and shows when women, especially women, because you mainly just see it with women, you don't really see it with guys. When women give up their dreams or their work for a man, it's so frustrating. It angers me beyond belief. Um, I'll touch on that even more when we talk about um, friends later on this year. But yeah, it's just so infuriating because it basically is saying to a woman, A man is more important. And if that and the other thing is, if that man really loved that woman, if they really loved each other, that man maybe could think about, I don't know, giving up some of their things they loved, uh, making it a mutually respectful thing. And I agree that was very out of character. It seemed very rushed. The whole thing was very rushed, seemed kind of like the writer stopped caring as much.
1: And, yeah, so it was kind of sad. Yeah, Judy. Judy. Yeah, if there's one overall complaint that I had about this show, and it's probably a sign of the times. You know, this was 25, 30 years ago, however long. Um, you know, it's a show about four independent women in their 20s trying to find their way in their careers and everything. And I bet there were episodes that didn't even pass the Bechtel test. Like... <laughs> It's not just about <laughs> men <laughs> um, I the best episodes were when it when it wasn't necessarily about men um, and them finding relationships the best episodes was when um, it was about their their careers or the breast reduction surgery or um, the the one with Max's friends from college like there were just so many other great things about people in their 20s finding their women in their 20s finding their way in the world there's so much growth that happens during that time um that i feel like there's there was back in in those you know in the 90s shows there was just too much of a focus on finding the man
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and i mean i think even
0: now you'll still see that in a lot of things True. where it is <laughs> True. you know finding that relationship um, is should be the be all end all to your life, and it's not. And I think, you know, if if you make if you make that the be all and end all to your life, then it's kind of like you 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 lose a part of your soul and you're part of your identity. And that's why it always angers me. And to me, that's not a good love story anyway. It's not a good love story if you're going to have to give up part of who you are to be with that person. People shouldn't love you in spite of who you are. They should love you for who you are, for everything, every every part of you. Um, and so yeah, it always it's it's one of my biggest pet peeves. It pisses me off. It angers me so much. Even if it's a couple that I'm rooting for, even if it's a couple I want to get together, it still pisses me off because it's not necessary, you don't have to do that. If it's really meant to be, you're not gonna say pick me or your career, pick me or your life dream. You're going to say, I want to be part of your life dream. I want to support that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about Kyle. What are your thoughts on Kyle, Judy?
1: So Kyle's a little complicated for me. Um, and maybe this is something shallow to, to be concerned about, but he had that voice effect thing that he did that to me took away his authenticity. Um, I, you know, he started doing, you know, that, hello, you know, kind of voice and and affect in in the very beginning. And I thought, surely surely this is a thing that he's going to lose, right? You can't keep that up for five seasons or whatever. But nope, (laughs) he just kept on with it, even with his friends all the time. Like, hello, I'm here and I'm rich. And, you know, I, uh, I don't know. It just kind of that voice affect drove me nuts because it felt like a wall. It felt like something that kept me from being able to get past that and connect with this character. His best moments were when he dropped that. And there weren't a lot of them, but when he dropped that, oh gosh, it was, it was great. Like, um, you know, with Regine in, in the hospital when she had her surgery, or there's a moment with Max out on the fire escape when they're talking about moving to London or not. And, and he's asking her, please tell me how you feel. And he drops that affect, and he's authentic and it's, it's just gorgeous. I'm like, we needed more of that from him. Um, I feel like because of that, I, I wasn't able to really connect with that character. Um, that said he, he, he had the great, he had a great humor. He had great lines. Um, and uh yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, I, I've a kind of complicated relationship with him. There's some there's moments when he was this great friend, um, and truly cared about this group of people. You could tell how much he loved them. Um but uh also I was I was really annoyed with him with his whole I'm just gonna buy Max a ticket to come to London so she can drop her entire life and follow me. That was that was really annoying. I mean, she had just been elected to public office. <laughs> you can't just drop that and move across the world. And um, he just didn't get that. Um, you know, it, it, I, I liked his moments of vulnerability with Max when he just he wanted so badly for her to open up to him and. Um, you know it was not easy to get that to happen but uh, yeah he's like I said complicated character for me there are moments that I just love him to death and there were moments that I felt like I couldn't get past that facade and connect with him Tiffany your thoughts
2: totally agree there is I think there are so many more deeper layers to Kyle Barker that we still don't know about because it was a lot of affectation with him I totally understand what you're saying about that, voice. Kyle, uh, Kyle. <laughs> and um, it's it, it is it's it, it is a wall. It is something that he's doing. He's cloaking himself in almost what he thinks is a mysterious type of um, personality. So people, and, and at times it's like even Overton wasn't aware of, of everything that Kyle was feeling. Um, I think one of his most vulnerable moments was when he was dealing with the uh, the guy, the other black guy at work, and he was telling him, hey, you need to change your hair. You need to, if you want to, uh, you want to um, promote at work, and if you want to grow in your position, then you need to change your hair. You need to take out your natural hair. And I think that was a real moment of vulnerability for Kyle because he thought about it. He did. He, he thought about it really, really, really a lot before he finally stood his ground and said, no, I'm not going to do that. This is part of part and parcel of who I am. And I shouldn't have to change me and the hair that grows out of my head in order to appease you. And you don't even have the <laughs> you don't even have the, the juice. You don't even have the power because remember, his boss was like, OK, OK. <laughs> um, so I think there was, I mean, there were a lot of layers to Kyle and I, I don't think that we even probably scratched maybe two or three of them. We really didn't.
0: Okay. Let's move on to ships now. Judy, what is your favorite ship or ships and what are your thoughts on the couples overall?
1: Um. Okay. So before we talk about like the ships that I love, I just wanted to say one thing that was really, really bothered me about the sort of relationships and, uh, again, maybe a product of the time, but I hated Russell so much. He was so cringy. He was a sexual harasser, and I was furious that Khadija didn't fire him for it. Um, like, stop that. Do not let him sexually harass your friend and your roommate. It's gross treatment of regime. It drove me up a freaking wall um and i was i was terrified that they were going to like those two were going to end up together like they were you know they were i feel like they danced on the edge of that and i'm not sure why they you know backtracked and didn't go there but boy they they walked that line and i was like no 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 <laughs> please don't let regine end up with this man because that's a that's a trope and i think Aaron you've you've done this trope before the the stalk you till you love me trope, which I absolutely hate. So, um, I want to thank whoever made the decision not to make that happen. I will send them a cookie basket or something. (laughs) So, yeah, so we'll we'll start off with, that was the worst ship on the show. Um, let's see, what other ships did I like? Um, Max and Kyle, of course we have to talk about Max and Kyle. Um, (sighs) i I do I did root for them and I do love them together. Um, they're gorgeous, you know, first of all, they're both just gorgeous people and their chemistry and their you know um, sexual tension from the very beginning was electric like you you just knew it was there from the beginning. Um, is it a complicated, disastrous, messy relationship? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, we, we briefly talked about the end, how that was, that was really toxic, how, oh, yeah, sure, we're going to end up together just because she's pregnant with what might be his baby. I don't know. It was a, it was a weird ending for them. Um, I kind of always hoped that they would take that and use it to blossom both of their characters and show us more of their vulnerabilities um and we did get some of course you know the just the mirror fact that maxine said i love you was that was huge huge huge, huge for her um but i would have liked to have seen that um, developed more and shown each of the characters growth through that um you know we got what we got but their relationship was a lot of fun all along. It was funny. It was, um, electric and sexy. And yeah, that was really good. Um, you know, we already talked about the, uh, Sinclair and Obi, how, how sweet they were. And then the other kind of big ship, big ish ship on the show was Khadija and and Scooter, who I loved. I, I just, I loved them in, in the early seasons when they were together. Um, but then after Scooter went off and ghosted her, I was like, yeah, I was not, I was not on team, I don't know, what, what would be the ship for Katina Scooter called? <laughs> that would be a weird name. Co- Co- scooter? I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was not on, on that at all. It just kind of came back out of nowhere in, over over a period of two episodes. Suddenly he's back. We haven't seen him for years. Suddenly she's in love with him, running away with him, uh, giving up everything that she loved for that. No, 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 no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I have to say about ships.
0: <laughs> Thanks. And Tiffany?
1: I agree. I
2: agree. I agree. <laughs> that I mean, I Max and Kyle were, I mean, they were electric. They were. They were electric um, when he <laughs> when he sings um, my funny Valentine. <laughs> and she pretty much just melts into, her <laughs> into the floor. <laughs> uh, that was amazing. That was an amazing moment. Um, you could tell something was uh, coming down the pipeline with, the, with them when that happened. Um, and yeah, with, with exception to that, really, really. Weird final season. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see how their dynamic would have ended up if everything had maintained, if everybody, if the crew was still in New York um, and not Kyle in London and people scattered to like you know the four corners. Um, I never. The funny thing is, like for as many men as Regine dated, I've never really shipped her with anybody like not really I mean I didn't you know even when she ends up you know marrying old dude whose name I can't remember (laughs) because I mean that's how much he did not really matter Um, yeah I I never really shipped her with anybody and I certainly never shipped Khadijah with Scooter because that, that whole situation with him ghosting her just I was so irritated by that I was so irritated with that. Um, I felt like, you know who I did kind of shit Khadija with? Grant Hill. <laughs> she, she had a chance to be with a basketball player. And that would have been adorable. <laughs> Even though he would have been traveling, you know, and playing ball. But that's okay. They could have made it
1: work. Darn that it. Those basketball players they brought on the show were not the best actors.
2: <laughs> they were not. They were not. Let's let's call it spade a spade. Although it was cute, though, I
0: think. I, I, th- I think it was still so cute. <laughs> well, I think if anyone could handle a relationship with someone who's on the road all the time, I think Khadija could do it and make it work. And I think that would have been fine for her. Um, I'm just going to briefly touch on Kyle, and then I'll get into the ships. Um, I, I agree about the affectation with his voice and everything, but I... I always really liked Kyle a lot, and um, I'm not sure why. I just, I think maybe you could see a little bit beyond that. Whenever he would play, like the first, when he's playing the piano or when he would sing, um, or especially when he was really being vulnerable with Max, uh, you could see a different side to him. And I do think he took on that affectation as a way of protecting himself. Um, And I think he was very similar to Max in that way, where he had those walls up and he didn't really want to be completely vulnerable. He didn't really want to show every side of himself. But Max brought it out in him. And I think if he was going to give up anything for anybody, it would be Max. So I just I really liked watching him. um, And he's absolutely gorgeous. (laughs) He's absolutely stunningly attractive. Um, and so that's probably another reason I loved watching him (laughs) to be on a shallow side here, but yeah, he was, he was, and watching, um, I'll go into the ships now watching him and Max, that was my favorite ship. I loved them together. I loved them together because you saw different sides of each of them when they were together. And while I do think the way they had them end up together with her getting pregnant and with it maybe being his, I mean. Who knows? In my mind, I was like, that's probably not his sperm. <laughs> that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, that's probably not. <laughs> I don't know why. I just was like, uh-uh, no. Um,
1: <laughs> Judy, did you want to say something on that? And it was really gross that he lied on his donor oh, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Why did they do that? Yeah, that was that was that was a lot of problematic things that happened there with that whole pregnancy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And there are so many better ways they could have gotten those two back together. They didn't have to use the old tired pregnancy kind of thing. It was just kind of weird. And I don't know. And yeah, and, and wanting her to give up everything to go to London with him was problematic to me because I think... The reason they liked each other was they were both strong, independent people, and I think that's why they gelled. And so any of them wanting the other one to give up anything just didn't seem to work to me and kind of was like spitting in the face of that relationship. Um, but, yeah, I, I loved them together. Um, Obi and Sinclair is just like perfection. <laughs> I mean, there's just nothing wrong with that relationship, in my opinion. Um There's so much mutual respect there, so much love and so much friendship. That's the other thing I like about their relationship is they genuinely like each other. And I think that's so important for a relationship to last and be healthy and be good is that you don't just love each other. You actually like each other. And they really, really, really did. Um, And I think those are the only two ships that I really consistently liked for the most part, even with the weird ending. Um, but yeah, with Scooter. I loved Scooter at first and then Scooter just became a total ass. And frankly, uh, uh Khadija would have never put up with that or wanted to be with him in the end It made no sense. Um, and with the sexual harassment too, with her character, she would have never, ever, ever allowed that to happen. It just didn't, that was just kind of weird. It was just like, yeah. And I thought they were going to get the, I thought they were going to get them together. Um, They were going to have Regine get together with him. And so that is a relief that that didn't happen. Um, And I agree. I'm trying to think if I shipped Regine with anybody. And I I agree, Tiffany. I don't think I did. I think with her, it would have been, she's one of those that I wanted her to find a lot more individuality and be with herself more. Um, Like the episode when she's dating herself. (laughs) You know, that kind of, I wanted her to have a little bit more of that. Um, so I think it would have been interesting if it would have ended like that kind of, um, but yeah, yeah, it it definitely, even though I, I love some of the love stories on here, I think the friendships are what really make this show, um, is the real friendships in there and the reality of the friendships. And like you mentioned a, a while ago, Judy, not having that backstabbing, not having it be cruel that even if you are. Um, kind of making fun of each other, it's more in a playful way and a loving way, and there's never that cattiness or that I'm going to treat you this way because I am intimidated by you and I want you to feel below me kind of thing. And they never did that, where you will see that a lot more in other shows with women with female characters, is the cattiness will be played up, and they didn't do that. So I really, really appreciated that, okay. So I want to just another thing I just want to touch on. Are there any other storylines or episodes you want to call out,
1: Judy? Um, Well, one thing that I I would just love to call out is a great nod and something that this show did. It was just a veritable parade of who was who at the time of guest stars of just the hottest black actors and athletes and musicians and you name it, like. They were all on the show. Like every week, you'd just be like, oh, look how it is. You know, just excited at who was going to guest star next. So that was really a cool thing to see. Um, favorite episodes. I, I love Woman to Woman. That's the one where Max's roommate from college comes into town for her wedding shower. And um, we get to see Max's vulnerability because she's truly hurt that her, her roommate didn't come out to her before she came out to other people. And um, it was just, it was just really sweet and lovely to see Max's Max's vulnerability and, and see her. I shouldn't say it was sweet to see her hurt, but it was, it was interesting and it was a, a really cool character growth moment for her to really show pain and vulnerability and, and hurt and to have, um, to, to reconcile with her roommate. So that was, I, I just love that episode. Um, we, we talked about Regine's uh, breast reduction. That was just a, a great and interesting story that showed that character's vulnerability. And it showed her insecurities and her fears. And um, it was a really memorable and, and moving episode. Um, Kyle's hair, you know, the natural hair. That was, that was not just an interesting episode, but it was an important episode. Um, it's a really important topic and it's something that I'm, I'm glad that they dealt with. Um, the one where the girls are tired of getting hit on at bars. So they go to a gay bar. It's so funny and so clever. There are so many jokes, but they're never at the expense of LGDP people. Um, they are, uh, they just interact with the patrons of the bar and have a blast with it and have fun with it. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, over the show, this was the 90s. So I think there were a couple of times where they said words like tranny and that kind of stuff that, you know, nowadays would be a little less acceptable, um, a little cringy by today's standards. But I never felt like they were um, disrespectful or queer people were the butt of any jokes so i I really enjoyed that about it and then my other two favorite episodes are the ones where um that i shouldn't say they're in the past but kind of like uh, um flashbacky sort of things one of them was the one where kyle's trying to save the jazz club from the 20s and so they're all characters from the 20s and they get to perform on stage in the glorious costumes and it's just so much fun and then the other one is called up i wrote this down up the ladder through the roof and that's the one where khadijah dreams that um she and the girls are like a 60s motown group oh i just love it so and anytime anytime khadijah gets to sing or kyle for that matter but khadijah even more anytime she gets to sing i'm um, my queen latifah fangirl comes out <laughs> so i love this
0: yeah and Tiffany I think my my very very
2: favorite episode was a it was a two-parter I don't know if y'all remember um Morris Chestnut moves into the (laughs) upstairs after the old couple moves the old Jewish couple moves out they were so surprised because there was a lot of um like boots knocking (laughs) going on and it turned out to be the Old Jewish couple, (laughs) and they were totally surprised. The girls were all surprised by it. Um, And so when she's leaving, the uh, (laughs) the the woman is like, "There's a doctor moving in. He's single. He's no ring. He's uh, a he's rich. He's good looking. He's this, he's that." She's like, "I only saw him for 20 minutes, for 20 seconds, but I got all of this information." And so when he comes in, it's more chestnut. And so the girls all agree they're not going to go after him. They make a pact. They're not going to do it. (laughs) And of course that gets thrown out the window. But the really fun part about it in the part two of that episode is that Fox, which of course is what Living Single was airing on at the time, did have the live studio audience and they had the audience choose during the taping, which lady was going to end up going on the date, so so in real time they picked Khadijah, and then it turns out, of course, that the guy is a total dud. He like makes the he makes her pay for her food. He's a podiatrist, so he's talking about feet. It's just it's just all bad. That is my absolute favorite episode though, because I thought it was so so clever. Um, it was just a lot of fun, and she breaks in, and and Khadija breaks the fourth wall. Clementine breaks the fourth wall, and she says, "You did this to me. I thought we were friends."
0: It's <laughs> amazing. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny, Judy.
1: Yeah, one of the things I love that this show did a lot is Khadija gets the man, um, and the man is attracted to the woman who's tall and plus size. Um, I, I, I just love that because that's kind of unusual, you know, and most most other things he, they would he would go for um, the skinny or the curvy or whatever. But this show just absolutely did not play into that. Mm-hmm. Any one of these girls was more beautiful than the other trope like Khadija. They were all attracted to Khadija <laughs> and I loved it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they showed her as desirable and they showed her as being very sexy and that was very rare. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the episodes that have been mentioned um, already. I do want to just a little bit of a um, with Sinclair because I loved Sinclair so much is I loved when she was so stressed out that she was like, I'm going to start smoking. And then she had this whole scene where she's watching something about cigars and she's trying to smoke the cigar. And she bites the tip off of the cigar. (laughs) And the way she does that whole, the way that's played out is so funny. And then when she goes to um, the newspaper stand and she's like trying to haggle with the guy about how much certain cigarettes cost and a pack. And of course, now, I mean, it's so funny because I'm an ex-smoker. And I I remember when cigarettes went up to how much they are pretty much now. I don't know. I haven't smoked in a few years, but. I mean, when she said they were $3 a pack, I was like, watching that now, I'm like, that really is not that much compared to now. <laughs> but I loved, and she was like, well, how about chewing tobacco? How about this? How about that? And then <laughs> I just thought it was, it was so cute and clever and funny and so, and real in a way and kind of sincere in a way. Um, I really liked Regina King's guest appearance when she came in and was interviewing to be a new roommate. There, I don't know if you remember that episode. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked that. Yeah, seeing all the different guest stars um, was just really remarkable and amazing and, and was so much so much fun to see who would be the next one. And you'd have ones you'd hope would be on there and then having ones you didn't even think about and that kind of stuff. Yeah, Tiffany.
2: I had forgotten also my second favorite episode was uh,
0: when Khadijah,
2: (laughs) her nemesis from uh, her her high school basketball days. And it was uh, Cheryl Miller, who's, if you're not a big women's (laughs) college basketball fan, Cheryl Miller is like arguably the best women's college basketball player of all time. And (laughs) they play a one on one game (laughs) and it does not go well. (laughs) <laughs> at all <laughs> it does not go well at all but um that one is amazing too like you were saying the the guest stars the guest appearances that um that they managed to get it was just like who's who and it's just so much fun and I think they really the writers really reveled in creating these storylines that were just so amusing for all of us to watch I and mean, knew because here she is Khadija, who we know is a big basketball fan, and we know in real life Queen Latifah is a big basketball fan, and they, they embody that, they infuse that into her character, and it's just, that episode is hilarious, because at the end, she's so sore, she can barely walk off the court, <laughs> and Scooter has to help her walk up, shuffle off the court, hilarious, so
1: funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I think until the later seasons and this is and I probably really noticed it this time just because I did a lot of skipping around and making sure I watched um, season premieres and season finales. I think they did season premieres and season finales really well in the beginning of this show. Um, And I always look to a show to leave me wanting more in their season finales. I mean, granted, sometimes that can be frustrating if you don't know if the show's coming back and you're like, oh, man, what if I never find out what happened? But I think for the most part, it, with the exception of the last season, really, I think they did a really good job with those. So I want to point out that, too. OK, well, what I want to talk about and we All right. It was already briefly touched on. Tiffany touched on it a little bit earlier is, of course, Friends premiered a year after this and Friends basically appropriated everything from this show. Um, And so I want to talk about that and everybody's thoughts on that. Judy?
1: Yeah, um, I know that this show came out about a year uh, before Friends. So, you know, I'll give them that the concept was probably already there. They were probably already starting to write stories and cast and whatnot because, you know, TV doesn't happen overnight. It's a long process. So when this aired, Friends was probably already in its infancy yeah. of, of development. However, you can see that there was definitely a lot of um, tapping into that dynamic and, and whatnot. Um, it, it sucks that... Friends came along after and really sucked the oxygen out of the air that kind of should have belonged to this show. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think this show did it better in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, Friends just became a juggernaut. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Um, I guess I have a slightly different experience with it. Uh, because knowing that back here in the states they were on opposite each other so you you either watch friends or you watched living single so they were they were competitors over in Germany they weren't competitors you know it might have been like Tuesday night was living single but we could watch friends on Wednesdays so they weren't competitors so the the experience of those two shows being on at the same time was a little bit different for me I think
0: and Tiffany
2: yeah, it was, um, I was never, I was never a fan of Friends. It just did not speak to me. It didn't speak to um, how I felt as a young black kid watching TV. It It was not on my radar at all. But I knew when people did start talking about it, they're like, oh, a group of six friends living in New York. I'm like, wait a minute, this concept sounds Familiar. What what is happening here? And I just didn't think it had any of the. It didn't have any of the heart. Um, it didn't have any of the um, just the fun that that Living Single did. I eventually ended up watching, you know, just a few episodes here or there, and I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> this this doesn't this doesn't appeal to me at all. So I didn't watch it after that point in time. Um, but I think it's it's kind of a well-known fact that that friends bit off of living single like living single was a template and friends bit off of it even if they were in development like let's say at the same time but we know how hollywood works and they sample bits and pieces from all over the place and you can definitely see it in in the blueprint and it's just it's a shame that um it ended up being on nbc which had a lot more money to promote and to, to pump it up than Fox did with Living Single, and that's why you get something like Friends lasting for how long did it even last, 10 years, 11 years, however long it lasted, and then becoming the juggernaut that it is, and then you have something Living Single is a lot smaller, a lot quieter. Beloved, of course, I mean, wasn't, wouldn't be talking about it, but um, but definitely a lot smaller definitely not the
0: behemoth that Friends became. Judy, you wanted to add something?
1: Yeah, you know, you talk, when you talk about the heart, the, that it didn't have the heart, I, I enjoyed Friends. Um, here and there, I mean, I was never like a super fan of it, um, but I did enjoy it. But I definitely, the thing that I missed about Friends that this show had, and, I, you know, when I talked about it earlier, was that just fun dynamic of the way that they interacted with each other and it was um they they teased each other and laughed together and not at each other's expense and i think that may be kind of the difference there for me um i enjoyed both shows but this one i don't know it had that um dynamic uh where they all just kind of had that fun ball best ball busting love for each other
0: Um, I'll preface this by saying I'm a huge Friends fan. I see all the problems with it, especially now. You see it, I mean, because I still watch it. I still watch it constantly. I know scenes from certain episodes. I know exactly what episode that is. Um, I still quote Friends. I like, on Thanksgiving, I watched every Thanksgiving episode um, before the dog show because I think, those were some of the best episodes. So I just want to preface by saying that is that I'm one of those people that <laughs> I watched it religiously. It was that and then ER. And I just it was like just the be all end all. Um, you know, when Friends was out, uh, it came out during my senior year in high school. And so it was kind of like following like being a, a young person following that with ridiculous expectations of how your life would be because it never would be like that. <laughs> ever you couldn't afford any of those places they lived in of course number one however i do see that i you know even some of the characters you could say are modeled after the characters in living single but with not as much depth um the um what's the word i'm looking for the well the homophobia but also the the gay panic that's throughout friends it's a big thing that permeates almost every season of friends um is a big thing that i i don't think i know you touched on it earlier judy i don't think living single really did that or if they ever had any jokes that didn't dive as deep as it does in friends where it was this ongoing thing especially with the character of chandler um and we'll definitely talk about that when we talk about friends because we're going to be talking about friends later this year Um, And we're definitely going to delve into that because you have to talk about that. Um, But I do think they did kind of use this template, even if they were developing it. You could see they kind of probably went, okay, so this is what Living Single is doing. So we're going to take this and we're going to kind of pump it into our show and maybe take out certain aspects of it. And of course, we're going to make it whiter than white. I mean, that's I mean, Friends is very white. I mean, incredibly white. Um. And we're going to since we're on NBC, we're going to and I don't know if this really happened, but we're going to make sure we're playing opposite the time that Living Single is. So we can maybe poach the audience from Living Single and make them watch this, because back then, yes, you could record sometimes with your VCR, but it still was hard if you were going to miss a show. It was hard to end up watching it. You didn't have social media uh, being like this dominator where you could judge by like you know, what was trending or anything like that. So I think friends really killed living single in a lot of ways. And I think it's, I think even if you're a fan of the show, you can't deny that, that that's what happened. You can't deny that there is a lot that that friends stole and poached from living single. Um, and I think they, they knew, they knew they're like, well, we've got this white show with these skinny women on it, these skinny, beautiful women on it. Um, these somewhat attractive men, I mean, but not the same I mean, I sorry, I mean <laughs> and two out so, of three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um and and I I will always love Chandler. I know he's a problematic character, but I will always love Chandler. <laughs> Um, but I but you, you can see that that they did that and they went, okay, you know, we're gonna use this and because we're going to have these white beautiful people in it, we know we will probably have a way of making this be more successful. So you can't ever deny that that happened, no matter how much you love the show because like I said, I have watched friends so many times I lost count. But I do realize, especially now when you watch it, when you're older, and especially now in these in this time, the fat jokes, I mean, there's a lot of fat jokes in that show. So it's like you kind of lose that thing. And while the friends liked each other, they all are kind of pretty much horrible people in a lot of ways. I mean, they're really mean to each other. They're really cruel to each other. So it's this way of like, kind of, like you said, taking the heart out of of the show. Um, yeah. And Judy, you wanted to add something?
1: Yeah, it's funny, you know, just kind of popped in my head as talking about the, the white show versus the, you know, primarily black show. Just a funny comment about the white characters on Living Single. I It just kind of cracked me up that they were always just such doofuses. <laughs> it was like maybe one or two white characters on the show that weren't. But, you know, it was absolutely a show from a black perspective that had black writers, black actors and the black experience in in brooklyn and yeah i don't know it just kind of cracked me up that all the people all the white people were a little bit doofusy
0: <laughs> which is a, it, it which is definitely a, a good thing you know we have too many stereotypes in white shows so that yeah, time i have a little bit of yeah exactly i, mean, exactly. I am white for
1: anybody <laughs> that can't tell by <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, um, I just want to go ahead. and We'll just wrap up now and just have everybody say where they can be
1: found. And if you have anything you want to promote, Judy. Um, nothing in particular to promote. My main fandom presence is on Tumblr and it's angels watching over all one word. And it's primarily a supernatural blog. So if that's not your cup of tea, then that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And Tiffany?
2: You can find me mostly on twitter and that is at who is tip is me and i also write for the game of nerds and that's the game of nerds across all platforms facebook snapchat instagram twitter reach out we're always looking for writers
0: awesome and this is aaron you can follow me on twitter at e April beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized be sure to like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at FandomThingPod. No, it's in that one. And of course, that's where you'll mainly find me. I very rarely use my personal Twitter anymore. Um, you can also follow the show on Instagram at it's a fandom thingpod. If you have any feedback, show notes, anything that you want to add, feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thingpod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, Tiffany will be back along with Carla, and we're going to be talking about a different world. So that should be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Temmes. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Erin Amos. And our producer is Lilith Tefola. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and remember, keep that fandom spirit alive.